Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about lots of games such as Star Wars Battlefront 2, Far Cry 5, Xbox One X, which is technically not a game, but you know, related. No yeah, and Ashes Cricket. And to talk about this, we have our podcast regulars. That's games editor Rishi Alwani. Good morning, night, it's, evening, day. Yeah, it's not morning. It's Same, actually night. Whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is, whoever it is, we thank you for being here and listening to us drone about games for a while. All right then, friend of the podcast, Mikhail Madnani is also here. Hopefully not too. All right, and I'm your host Pranay Parab. So today's episode is very exciting because uh, Rishi is going to talk about some PUBG streamer winning the Streamer of the Year award. Uh, yeah, you're probably wondering how we got ourselves in this situation. It's just that Pranay is reading the topics wrong. We're going to be talking about the game where where the force is very weak, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah it's very strong, man. Only five hundred and eighty-one thousand or eighty-four thousand downvotes. Oh, you mean uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, for those of you who have been living under a rock, a game is out this week called Star Wars Battlefront Two. It has Jedi, it has Sith, and it has a whole lot of pew pew lasers. and it also has something that known as microtransactions now uh we were fortunate or rather say unfortunate to play the uh multiplayer beta and what we did notice was uh as you keep playing through the game your progression is is not derived by how well you play but by ran- by the randomness of the loot boxes you get and it turns out that in order to unlock uh hero characters like let's say uh Darth Vader or Han Solo or Jar Jar Binks well you need to spend at least 40 hours of in-game time to do so and uh, in response to that uh EA instead of EA who's the game's publisher instead of you know realizing that they kind of messed up big time because if you paid $80 up to $80 for a game and then suddenly realize that you need to spend 40 hours to get any cool hero on multiplayer instead of instead of stating that they are wrong and you know figuring stuff out they doubled down on the stupidity by saying that uh, we want to give players a sense of pride while unlocking and playing through the game and uh, the end result was a massive minus 5 what I, I, the numbers are too many i just at 584 but no, 595000 as yeah, as we record so basically this. as as every uh, dragon ball meme goes it was over 9000 negative votes yeah. and uh, the and now it seems that in response to that ea is now uh, reducing the amount of time it takes to earn stuff in game by 75% let's see how it works out uh, and which is really tragic right because the game itself i mean without all this microtransaction garbage layered on top of it is actually quite fun and this is coming from someone who hated battlefront 1 i despised it to the point where i think in our review uh, i ended up saying that unless you're a super fanboy to the point where you know you actually have a, a princess leia cosplay in your in your in your in your cabinet you should be more of the story is the more the microtransactions the better she likes the game no it's it's just competent it just uh, the the core gameplay works but everything else around it's just disappointing now and which it's even worse because the single player campaign which i've been playing through is actually pretty good uh there are one or two missteps like for a section you mild spoilers you play as luke skywalker for no apparent reason Uh, other than to show character development of a sub of a of a support of another support character who just created for the game which i felt felt to be a bit excessive and a bit of a fan so- fanboy service just plays luke skywalker but whatever but that aside it's actually a fun game uh it actually delves into the whole morality aspect of between the empire and the rebellion between the dark side of the force and you know the light side of the force and it's it's a, it is an interesting uh, uh interplay between the two and yeah i i just i just think it's to me it's just a very weird situation where uh 
no one asked for microtransactions in this game. There wasn't. If you if you look at how a lot of companies, especially EA, how they how they headline and preface all their announcements, it's oh we listen to user feedback. Now please tell me, oh Andrew Wilson from EA, aka the CEO of EA, did any consumer actually ask you for microtransactions? No, they didn't. Did anyone actually ask for for longer unlock times? No, they didn't. With all the available analytics and research EA has, and by the way, uh, for those of you who are unaware. Aside from making games, a large part of games nowadays is the analytics around it and the reactions to players around it. I don't think uh, their 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 analytics or uh, user or, or any direct feedback or their focus groups had anyone out of their mind saying, "I want to spend more time grinding in a game to unlock Darth Vader." That's complete garbage. So yeah, it's just a, and I mean it's just typical EA at these days. If you've been around long enough, you kind of know that they they end up screwing up a good thing, and this ends up being one of them. So. Yeah, and I mean this is a trend. I mean in recent EA games, right? Like we saw with Need for Speed Payback. Uh, first of all, the story was complete garbage, and yeah. whatever little like fun arcade racing was there, all of that was buried under speed cards and how you have to grind again and again to buy more speed cards to like uh, speed cards to upgrade your car and to race more and to progress in the game. And similarly, I think even in uh, Mass Effect Andromeda earlier this year, we saw those Andromeda points and all that other assorted garbage that came with it. Yeah, but then with Andromeda, it was still at least. Uh, all that stuff is still restricted to multi you know it, it didn't infringe on the core reason you played the game which is single player campaign yeah. uh, and i mean for all its faults and the fact that andromeda well it so it didn't sell well enough uh it was if if you look at it from ea's entire releases this year if you count fifa you count mass effect you count need for speed you count battlefront uh and you count uh, i mean if you count from the new games that ea's got got out this year it's it's surprisingly one of the more competent entries from them and that's saying a lot when one of your better games in the year as a publisher is Mass Effect Andromeda so yeah like need for speed payback i thought when they initially revealed it i said okay it's going to be like b grade fast and the furious or something and uh it's not going to be as bad as nfs in 2015 which uh, unfortunately i actually bought on sale because i thought i wanted to play it and it turned out to get boring after like an hour but yeah payback was much much worse than that in fact uh, I'd say like if you played third person shooters like say GTA and stuff like that the driving and customization and that felt a lot better in almost every way compared to Payback and uh, hey GTA didn't have such horrible pop in Wait like, wait wait let me just stop you there for a second if you don't mind me asking Okay So you're trying to tell me a game like GTA which is basically the kitchen sink in terms of game features and elements where not all of the features are exact, exactly fleshed out to a degree you'd expect has a uh, better driving yes it than, does than than need for speed payback a game that's kind of very much dedicated to just driving alone yeah it wow it was really really bad and on on the xbox one s at least it had terrible pop in it had a lot of slowdown when you like it turning sharp corners and uh, it was just plain annoying to deal with like you're trying to get from point a to point b and then suddenly the camera just cuts into this quote on quote in engine cinematic cut scene and stuff like that and uh, yeah like Uh, obviously like the 2015's nfs didn't target 60 on console this one targets 30 as well and it it doesn't really hit that target often i think it's a combination of a certain frame drops and frame pacing issues on the xbox uh, one s and uh, the unfortunate thing is when i like when i just booted up for the first half and i thought okay this seems like it's going to go places and all but like it's just really bad so I don't even know what they're doing. In fact, I'd say uh, NFS Payback is less value than uh, EA Sports FIFA 18 TM on Nintendo Switch. So yeah, it's it's, it's I mean it's a little disappointing, right? And even more so when you consider the competition. If you consider the fact that 
there are it's a crowded season there are a lot of games which you should be checking out uh i mean ubisoft's got some good stuff with assassin's creed origins uh bethesda's got some good stuff with wolfenstein 2 uh and as much as i hate to say it uh call of duty world war 2 is still a little better than anything else ea has ea has this 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 season so yeah i mean guys vote with your wallet don't buy mediocrity i think if uh, if call of duty world war 2 actually didn't have this online only nonsense for the campaign like it would just straight out blow anything ea did out of the water yeah so yeah But yeah, I mean, even with the bar set so low, it's not like you know any one game from a major publisher is actually blowing everything else out of the water. No, and you know it's tragic in all of this, right? Uh, at least for 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 people like me who are fans of giant robots, um, EA bought Respawn, the makers of Titanfall, uh, in a almost half a million half a billion dollar deal. And what's what's this what's disturbing in all of this is, uh, I mean, if you look at the chain of events, and something we discussed last week. Uh, EA shut down Visceral not last week a couple of weeks ago EA shut down Visceral uh EA then proceeds to say that single player games are dead EA then buys uh Respawn which made Titanfall 2 which had the best single one of the best single player campaigns of this generation and then um next step is question mark and after that well probably Respawn's going to be shut down so apparently yeah. this is because uh, Nexon which is a massive company yeah south uh, korean publisher from they they put a bid for Respawn and EA had first right to whether <laughs> like they can put a bid or not so yeah. they swooped in and did this uh yeah things aren't looking that great for Titanfall 3 to be honest even yeah. if they do call it Titanfall 3 i don't know what they're going to do Uh, hopefully respawn doesn't just end up put on some star wars project and then can later on yeah but they are working on a star wars game and yeah, that's being headed by that. that's being headed by the god of war art director stig asmussen i think i think that's he's the god of war art director or the one of the producers on god of war so he's working with them on that hopefully that doesn't get canned but i mean considering the bar is so low and, and star wars battlefront 2 got greenlit hey who knows so i suppose we can move on to ashes cricket now Oh uh, yes. So uh, for those of you who are unaware this week uh, we get a new cricket game called Ashes Cricket as the name suggests it focuses on the immortal rivalry between the Jedi and the Sith. Oh sorry uh, England and Australia. Yeah so and a hardcore game targeted like uh, my guess would be that uh, this is an Ashes game as in licensed Ashes game where you have two teams England and Australia license uh, because I think UK and Australia are the markets where people pay the most. So I I am not saying this from data on console but from mobile games uh, we spoke to the developers of uh one more run yeah. to the cricket game without uh, batting or bowling yeah. so in that game they said that you know via in app purchases for customizations and ads the most monetization happened in uk and australia yeah. which is where cricket is huge and the paying audience is also huge yeah. so to go with an ashes game for console it makes perfect sense because you are expected to make most money from these two nations yeah, yeah? but uh, like you know as rishi will explain there are certain other things that you need to yeah. keep in mind so i mean obviously the monetization aside is also the fact that there's that long standing rivalry to play off and uh, that that i think works plus uh, for those of you who are probably wondering hey man where's my licensed indian team cricket game uh, let's just say that the bcci is uh, likes their money likes their money quite a lot and uh, the reason why we don't have a game featuring the indian cricket team licenses on console and i know this for a fact it's something we've asked several developers in the past and something we know take it as uh, take it as what it is for what it is um the the amount of royalties the bcci wanted for having the indian team in a cricket game rivaled uh what ea pays john madden for the, for for licenses for their uh, american football game 
which means they're asking for a lot of money for a game that's essentially going to be played in eight or nine countries best case situation yeah so the math never and worked even, out even if they um, like even if more people want to play this game in other countries like look at the pricing for Ashes Cricket it's uh, 4,299 in India and you can get it for like 500 rupees discount or something right oh there's more to that yeah so uh, and it's actually uh, like before we go ahead it's not actually more expensive than other games in other countries uh, in other countries usually AAA games are $60 or the equivalent in Europe they don't actually price games higher or lower depending on who the publisher is it all follows like a single price here. It's just that in India because you have so many distributors and no real uh, I'd say market no real market coordination Share. or anything for this uh, distributors decide their own prices for stuff we saw this initially in this gen where uh, Xbox first party games were four six nine nine and the like, while yeah. Sony was doing three four nine nine, and now they've both like sort of stabilized at three triple nine each. But you still have uh, games like Destiny and Call of Duty being above four thousand, and we're seeing the same thing with Ashes. But then you have games like Assassin's Creed Origins, which cost the same as these other games. They're less than four thousand, so it all depends on like the distributor and what they do over here for pricing. Yeah. So before you carry yeah. on, Rishi, like uh, the point I was trying to make was that uh, cricket playing nations, all ten of them, like if you look at them. Uh, traditionally not markets where consoles are like you know exactly. yeah, heavy in heavy penetration exactly. so like if you look at india bangladesh pakistan like best case scenario you're getting something like uh, less than 500000 ps4s between these three countries uh, yeah that's a fair estimate and yeah. to be honest we uh, as much as i hate to say it when it comes to gaming we're uh, still high, we're still we're still more heavy on pc than we are on console yeah and even if you, people w- were to get a ps4 it's highly likely that they'd buy a game such as fifa or uncharted uh, than Ashes Cricket. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way people talk about a single cons- a single game per console year for people, that applies a lot over here because FIFA, Call of Duty, GTA, Uncharted, people usually buy consoles for these games and just continue like buying the next installment whenever they show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like, we don't have attach rate figures, obviously, but uh, it'll uh, be something interesting to see. From what I do know is that the attach rate figures, for those of you who are unaware, attach rate basically means the number of games bought per console. Per console yeah. uh, from what I've been given to understand, uh, last generation it was, I think, three games to the console. Uh, this time it's around five or probably a little more. Globally, uh, on the PS4, the number is closer to eight or nine, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're catching up. It's improving. But uh, this is where it gets interesting, particularly with Ashes. Um, now, India historically has been a very strong market for cricket games, hmm. right? So India has historically been a very strong market for cricket games. And uh, we've seen situations in the past where it's been so pop, they've been so popular that uh, we've had enthusiastic retailers, traders, grey market guys do anything to make sure the game hits India as early as possible at the highest price as possible. And it's happened in the past. We've benefited because of it. Last year, Don Bradman Cricket 17 came in super early. We managed to get a review out on time. And it kind of worked for us because uh, we spent enough time with the game and were able to give readers a very honest critical feedback on what to expect. And it happened before that with Don Bradman Cricket 14 as well, where uh, you know I, I just walked into a store out of nowhere, saw the game available four days, five days before release. And yeah, I was able to get stuff out. And as usual, history repeated itself uh, this time around because uh, even though the game's supposed to be out on the 16th or 17th uh, in India, it's already been available in off the gray mar- in the grey market uh, from uh, last Friday. So like almost a full week before release, it's been available. And the kicker is that it's much cheaper than what you'd be paying for an official copy. An official copy is 4299 less 500 bucks depending where you buy from. And uh, the price in the grey market is probably going to be three, is probably three and a half thousand. Mm. Now the reason for this is because uh, 
uh, more enterprising traders in the UK, Australia, uh, and other markets, you know, markets where there is a, where there's a larger demand for a lot of games, uh, decided to ship stock early to their enthusiastic partners here. So because of that, stuff's come in early. And uh, now it, it also begs the question, right? Like what's the point of pricing at 4299 in the first place? You're priced at 4299. On top of that, you're saying people can get 500 bucks off depending which retailer you buy from. So 3799 is the effective price. And I hate the term effective price. For those of you who listen to our sister podcast, Orbital, the term effective price has become the bane of Pranay's existence and my existence. We do not like that term because it basically means you're still paying more than you should. So, uh, yeah, so you're looking at a 3799 price point, which is all fine and dandy. But then when it's available for less and it's going to get lower, all right, what do you, what's the point? And uh, so, yeah, the game's been available for a while. But one thing, and uh, it kind of like, dis- I mean, it, it becomes tougher to track, right? As far as we know, the uh, Don Bradman's 17 sold around 8,000 copies in India between Grey Market and uh, Official uh, first month, which is pretty decent. And... Uh, now, because India is such a strong market, uh, but because, well, the distribution chain isn't as uh, reliable, uh, the the uh, the developer-publisher on this game, Big Ant, uh, uh, partnered with uh, another company called GK in the Middle East. Now, GK ends up being the master distributor for the game for India and Middle East, Pakistan, Bangladesh. So that way, the entire market's under their purview. And they've selected a distributor for India. Now... Uh, that's exactly why you also have a higher price point of 4299 because everyone else in the chain still needs to get paid. But at the same time, I mean, guys, I mean, everyone knows the gray market's going to drop price. Everyone knows the gray market's going to get it ahead of time. And half of the time, the stock does end up coming from the official source. So what's going on? This is just, then why is there even a release date? You know? So, I mean, yeah, if you're looking to buy the game, uh, I, 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 I don't see any value in picking it up officially because you're paying more and uh, unfairly more, I might add, because it's not the consumer's, it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be on the consumer's conscience to give a crap about how many people are there in the distribution chain that need to be paid off. That's not our business. That's not our headache. Uh, And just go for the cheapest price possible. Um, Having said that though, uh, the game should be, even though, and coming back to the gameplay elements of it, even though you can't, uh, even though it doesn't have the official Indian license, the game does have a, it's, it's a creation suite, a very robust creation suite that'll let you put in your own uh, uh, your, your own Indian roster, your own roster for other teams, your own custom roster. So rest assured, I won't be surprised if Pranay ends up putting a Gadgets 360 11 and uh, with uh, eerily accurate representations of each person. Uh, and yeah, so Pranay, if you're doing that, I both. I spin. mean, basically people who can't like run a single run to save their lives who deal only in boundaries, right? That too. But uh, yeah. just for the record, I both spin. Okay. Off and also spin. like I'll, I'll design a very accurate uh, Firosha Kotla Stadium in exactly. Delhi with like smog <laughs> effect and all of that. Yeah. Where, you know, like the moment you play for more than one hour, you die or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's there. But uh, the game itself is looking pretty interesting. Uh, whatever early footage is out looks really promising. Whatever they're doing in terms of motion capture seems really promising. So yeah, I hope that at least from the distribution aspect, they get that act together. There's no PC version just yet. That's going to be coming in around December. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would highly... I mean, if you're, if you're a fan of the sport, I would recommend checking it out. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, just keep in mind that it's going to be quite similar to Don Bradman. 
All right then. So I think we can now talk about the one thing that everybody is so excited about that they are yawning already, which is Xbox One X. Oh, uh, she said excited and yawning. I thought you were referring to Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. Oh yes, I went there. <laughs> Come on, man. Best seven on. Oh, sorry. Uh, Nintendo fanboy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes aside, our Super Mario Odyssey review should be up soon, and uh, it's a pretty good game. Don't dox me, Nintendo fanboys. All right then, yeah, Xbox so, One X, yeah, uh, really so, yeah. amazing console. Everything is brilliant and uh, exclusive, oh, world so, exclusive. Oh yeah, so yeah, uh, world exclusive. One week after official world release, world exclusive uses up your FUP faster than anything else in the world. Yeah, yeah. so uh, oh, I love that download mini game in the Xbox One X. You know, you just like start <laughs> downloading and then you wait for the next sixty hours for all your games to like load on your console. Yeah, so anyway, uh, what we're referring to is the fact that we've had the Xbox One X for close to a week now. Uh, and yes, the setup process is uh, slightly tedious because you need a really good internet connection but to get the best out of it. But what's this nonsense I hear about like the one TB console not even giving you one TB of space? Yeah, because it's Windows. So wow. you know you have seven hundred eighty gigs to play with. Man, that's criminal. Wait, seven hundred and eighty? Yes. I thought you were gonna say something like you know eight ninety or nine hundred or no, something. No, that, that's the PlayStation Four. Okay. <laughs> well, I think 80 but, gigs is for OS, but then this okay. is like, a, yeah. Come on, man. So, yeah. So, anyway, it's quite it's quite amusing, right? Because Microsoft was in the news earlier this week. This is slightly, this is slightly deviating into the tech space where uh, uh, Microsoft's uh, boss man, Satya Nadella, goes up to a couple of Indian journalists and tell them, oh, use a real computer because they're using an iPad. Yeah, so including I kind of our imagine, boss. I, yeah, including our boss, Kunal Dua. So, I, I can quite imagine Satya Nadella popping into my house and saying, use a real console because I'm using a PlayStation 4. But uh, yeah, well, I am using a real console. It's called an Xbox One X. And uh, yeah, so the download speeds are a pain. Everything needs to be re-downloaded because, so for example, right, a game like Halo 5, even though the patch is 15 GB, which gives it enhanced 4K textures for uh, Xbox One X, I ended up having to download the whole 97 gigs all over again because, you know, Microsoft's uh, download system is completely unreliable. On the third, and that's the case even with Gears of War 4. Even though I had the full game, I had to download 100 GB again. Same with, same with a Quantum Break. I had the entire game, again, I had to download everything. And it's because apparently their system is kind of broken. And could be could be worse because uh, people who have who've had Halo Wars 2 since launch for a lot of them, an update that showed up in the middle completely broke the game and has actually made it so that they cannot re-download or reinstall the game on their system. And it needs a full format. Now, if you... Uh, if the people were lucky enough, like I was to have it installed on the external, I still have to format the external, but at least I don't have to format the console. And it's reached such a stage where on the Halo Waypoint forums, uh, people have been saying that Microsoft has been giving them refunds, even though they got the game around launch. And they, they're basically getting a refund for a $60 purchase, and then they're now buying the $40 complete edition, which is a price drop. And all this just to play the game. And the worst part is... Uh, because obviously I reviewed it, I had a digital copy. I ended up buying a physical copy because I liked the game enough. It doesn't even install from the disc. It just says installation stopped and you have to do this whole process. It's that screwed up right Wait, now. what? You can't install the game off a disc? No, because uh, once this license issue has happened mm. uh, on the external hard drive, it won't install to the external hard drive at all. When I unplug the external and put the disc in, it installed fine to the... Uh, like the internal storage, but then it obviously still had like a 30 GB patch or something which wow. it needed to download. But uh, yeah, this is like one of Microsoft's exclusives of the year and you can't even play it anymore because of this update. Yeah, so I mean, as, as you guys can gather, the Microsoft's 
exclusive seem to have had a lot of problems if you don't have a fast enough internet connection and that seems to be a trend luckily on the third party side of things games which are available also on other consoles it isn't that bad mm. so a game like assassin's creed origins there's just a 1.8 gig patch not too bad a game like final fantasy 15 a 7.19 gig patch not too bad said so, same with uh, hitman i think hitman was i think 4 gigs or something but point is uh it seems that the developers who don't work at microsoft do a better job of updating their games than microsoft itself yep and that aside that that drama aside uh i mean initial impressions uh we have it up on our site on gacy60.com on, on the five things you need to know before before buying an xbox one x is that um the console is pretty good this aside uh the the fact is you can still get the best out of it without a 4K TV which is really nice because it super samples everything on 4K down to 1080 yeah. which is really really nice and, it looks really and, good and this happens on a system level so it's not like on the PlayStation 4 Pro where uh, each developer has to actually put that in the game themselves because we've seen a lot of situations where the game will run at say 4K 30 or a 4K display but on a 1080 or HD TV it just runs at the original PS4 Yeah, uh, visual style. It doesn't actually downsample. Some games have started doing this, but uh, it's not on a system level like uh, like how Microsoft's implemented, which is much better. Yeah. So one thing is the visuals are really good. Uh, secondly, is that a lot of games, at least uh, to me, have a have a have the toggle to let you choose frame rate. First party for all all the drama they give us on downloads at least includes that. So Gears of War Four uh, uh, lets me play it at a solid sixty ten eighty, which is nice. Uh, that that aside. Uh, I mean the tech and experience aside the console itself is whisper quiet and that's not something I can say about the PS4 Pro after almost a year of use where you know uh certain games will start uh, like being super noisy like it's a jet engine. Yeah. So in terms of uh in terms of uh, acoustics in terms of uh in terms of experience it's really good so far and obviously yes it shines on a 4K HDR TV I was able to check it out on a Sony 4K HDR panel over the weekend. Some games really shine. uh particularly the hdr aspect so prane if you thought for, if you thought a game like forza horizon looked good you ain't seen nothing yet but yeah. what if i thought it didn't look as good as it could have and forza horizon 3 did a better job i was referring to forza horizon 3 okay my bad not the forza 7 okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah by the way forza 7 looks much better but i uh, i hope the patch would remove the nagging for microtransactions but that happened anyway yeah um but yeah long story short it's a surprisingly competent console from a comp- from a company that's basically disappointed me this entire generation so that and um in in addition to it uh it's not in india that's something we should make it very clear because when we when we did our live stream on the console last night we had a lot of people asking when this was coming to india microsoft has said that while it's available internationally uh, they decide when it's best suited to hit local markets like india i have heard from other people in the in the chain that uh, there is a possibility it might come to india earlier uh, than the 1s did now for those of you who don't know the xbox 1s is available in india from october of this year that's a year and a couple of months after the rest of the world So hopefully we'll see the One X before that. Hopefully less than a year. Hopefully, but uh, right now it's an unknown, and uh, it's also a little tragic in a way because let's be honest here, uh, everyone knows what's going on globally. It's not like we there's not there's nothing called the internet where people don't know that what's happening in the rest of the world or what's available in the rest of the world. I mean, heck, on my way to work today when I when I get it, when I when we got into our building complex, they're actually playing Phil Spencer's interview on CNBC, which on on a massive television. and it had xbox imagery people know the one x is out so the fact that it's out and it's available and then when people go into a store they see the one s and not the x and they want to know at least what's the situation with the x 
if that's not there it's it's just it just goes to show that i think microsoft doesn't believe this thing the internet exists and doesn't think india is worthy even though they might say they're committed to the market and even though their ceo does come down but hey it's not a real console if it's not an xbox one x am i right so yeah that that rant aside uh it's a really good console the drama aside it's a really good console it's kind of like if you ask me the ashes of battlefront of console where the core is really good the products really good everything around it is a flaming pile of stuff mm, yeah stuff so yeah. uh like price is 499 dollars plus tax in the us and yes. in india gray market 45000 yeah it's surprisingly decently priced uh reason being i'll tell you why uh when when the ps4 pro was available in gray uh they were selling for around 40 45 to most people and uh, that was priced at 399 dollars the same the fact that you're getting close to similar price in the gray for a, for a console that's 100 dollars more is not too bad uh plus the advantage is depending on your relationship with the store guy depending on how chill you are with him if something goes wrong you can obviously go back and uh, ask for a replacement and he'll he'll help you out and uh, that's at least one minor advantage but that aside uh, yeah it's pretty good it's a, it's a pretty competent piece of kit and uh, i think by the time microsoft brings it here it'll be a little too late in my opinion but yeah if you can and if you're looking for a new console seems to be one to get seems to be one to get our full review should be out like a little later this week we'll also be comparing it to the ps4 ps4 pro the original xbox one and the xbox one s as well so stay tuned for that Yeah so we'll just see how this uh, particular console pans yeah. out in the long run but yeah for now like i was seeing the console runs really quiet looks really nice yeah like overall hardware wise it's good uh, but then that's always been microsoft's strength right uh, the hardware and industrial design has always been pretty good yeah i mean that's the thing and that's what worries me because if you look at their other products that have had amazing industrial design look at the zune hey mm. what's up yeah only 90s kids will but remember. i still don't understand why they have those stupid double a batteries in the xbox one x controller i think to me controller. it's convenient i like it because it's convenient i can just pop them in anytime i don't have to worry about charging I so the ps4 like controller it. does it better just charge it directly from the console yeah, or yeah but the port. ps4 controller battery lasts like 4 or 5 hours maximum mm. after a couple of years of use yes that mm. is the case i mean on this uh, uh, even though the batteries still last almost double and that's i've been getting at consistently since day one and since 2013 since 2014 they do mm. sell so, this play and charge kit which adds a lithium ion rechargeable thing which you just attach in place of the battery bay or whatever so that's there but uh, yeah i mean uh, that's they i don't know why they've gone with that choice but yeah then yeah. the same company is also still selling a 150 dollar controller that still needs like a 20 dollar adapter to be used on pc so yeah. yeah and what's amusingly though is what what's amusing is that uh the number one one of the highest selling peripherals on amazon.com right now is the connect adapter which has used the connect on a 1x and a 1s mm. so i think yeah they may have prematurely pulled the plug on connect but who knows i mean they just remastered some connect games for xbox 1x launch right so that's yeah. probably what's causing this because what else are people going to buy super lucky stale no i mean halo gears they already have that like Forza i don't think 7 everyone who has an xbox already has those assassin's games. creed origins yeah that's a so new good. game so um, i'm just saying wolf 2 yeah so these these are already there i'm just saying that they like remastered three connect games so that's what's causing this because people probably want to get some use out of the games they're Possibly, buying yeah yeah well so i think uh, finally we can talk about the one thing that we've been trying to avoid which is what mike's weird games show no man the weird games he plays on a weekly month there's some uh, more embargoes to be broken oh yeah so yeah far cry 5 yes 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 good good, good, good. great <laughs> reminder so yeah uh, for those of you who are unaware uh, far cry 5 will be playable in india for the first time this weekend at igx igx is short for indian for the indian game show 
sorry, Games Expo. Oh man, mm-hmm. I really messed that up. It's short for Indian Games Expo, and uh, it's this weekend. Now it's in its third year running. It's basically consumer focused. So if you're expecting to get your esports thrills, well, uh, not for you kids. But uh, that aside, yeah. So there's going to so Far Cry Five is going to be playable. Uh, last year they had For Honor, which is playable. And last year also had PSVR, uh, which debuted for everyone to check out for the first time in India, which was really cool. But yeah, this year it's just Far Cry 5. Uh, and which is interesting because, uh, I mean, to throw it back before IGX, the only other time India was able to play games prior to release at a consumer mass level was, uh, and yeah, this is going to take you guys back a while, Killzone 2 in 2008 mm. and Mirror's Edge also in 2008. And that was through PlayStation experience when, Play- when Sony, you know, felt it made sense to spend money on events. Uh, they ended up having their own set of events called PlayStation Experience, which they ran for three to four years in a row. And that year in 2008, they had uh, both games playable at PlayStation Experience in uh, Bengaluru, or Bangalore, however you want to call that, Delhi, and Bombay. Mumbai, my bad, Mumbai. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. So, <laughs> You'll get accosted, man. <laughs> there we go. So point is, yeah, so that's the thing. It's, uh, it's definitely... Nice to see the fact that at least one or two publishers care about having games playable in India. Uh, that aside, we're also going to see a surprisingly sh- strong showing from EA because a lot of the games are going to be playable at Sony's booth. So if you're on two minds about Battlefront 2, you can check that out. If you're in two minds about uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. But hey, game is epic, so I don't know why you'd be in two minds. That'll also be playable. There's even going to be a FIFA 18 tournament. There's even going to be Injustice 2 tournaments. There's even going to be Mortal Kombat uh, tournaments. So that's actually going to be quite fun. There's even going to be cosplay. But to me, I mean, the biggest is going to be finally being able to check out Far Cry 5. It's set It's set in rural, rural America, which is, if you ask me, the weirdest location for a Far Cry game. I mean, Far Cry games have been known to take you to exotic locales ever since the very first game that was made by Crytek. Hmm. Yeah, fun fact, the very first Far Cry game was made by Crytek, the guys who made Crisis. And uh, that took place on an exotic island. Then, yeah, the second game, which took place in war-torn Africa, but was a really dense system. Uh, fantastic setting the third game took place in another set of islands called the Rook Islands where you played as Vas who was this I mean you didn't play as Vas you encountered Vas who's the probably the, the gaming's biggest psychopath and then the fourth game took place in Nepal and again really nice regions really nice locations yeah, lots of Hindi swearing in that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually, that's something Ubisoft does very well. Because even in one of their previous games, Splinter Cell Blacklist, they actually had a co-op map which took place in a Bangalore nuclear facility. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Okay. Like the level of, of authenticity and swearing is like 11 on 10. <laughs> we'll play again for the swearing. That well, good. Right. And it was a stealth mission. So you could actually creep around and hear them abuse. It was so cool. But yeah, so coming back to the for, to Far Cry 5, it takes place in rural America of all places, Montana. Mm. And... Uh, it is your job, if you choose to accept it, to essentially put an end to a doomsday cult. Yeah. Uh, which seems quite interesting. Uh, and yeah, you can obviously have you have a ton of weapons to play around with. You have a you have a lot of side you have side missions. You have a ton of characters to recruit. It seems interesting, uh, though I do believe that it's leaning too heavily on the whole uh, current world affairs situation. Uh, and I think it, it's it it even though Ubisoft's not saying it. As someone perceiving it, it seems to be politicized for the sake of being politicized. Yeah. And heck, I just want I just want to blow stuff up in my games. So I'm looking forward to that more than the, you know, dark, deep underlying tone tones that uh, signify the great unrest in the psyche of man and stuff like that. Hmm. Right then. So Mike's Weird Games part of the podcast is here where, uh, you know, every week Mike talks about all the normal games he's been playing. Yeah, pretty much. Waiting, huh? Yeah, AAA games and microtransactions and yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, all about them AAA games. All right, no? so before you begin, I think I'll go first this week. Okay. Uh, Super yes. Mario Odyssey. 
been waiting to talk about it for a bit um uh, so i played quite a bit of it i think i've now uh, like i'm almost at the metro uh, kingdom metro so, yeah interesting yeah so it's like uh, like you go first from all these deserted areas and what not mm-hmm. and then finally you reach the metro kingdom which looks a lot like the us i should say oh nice and there you can like do fun things like take uh, like possess a taxi and just drive around and what not so can so you far, order a coffee at starbucks there is a there is an outdoor cafe that looks very eerily like starbucks and mario actually goes and sits there can you order a venti and the lady on the table next to him starts staring at him then which is can you order cool. a venti no what's the point is that the unicorn frappuccino or whatever it's just size of coffee oh size okay but yeah it's like but then i don't think Mar- but then since mario's italian descent would he even go into a starbucks hmm why not because italians are very possessive about their food and coffee and Are Starbucks they? is okay. kind of like a cheap imitation, which actually would make it quite funny because you know Mario going to a coffee shop that's that's in the US would be quite funny either way. Hmm. All right, you so, should go to Pizza Hut too <laughs> while he's at it. So, yeah, yeah. So as Mike mentioned last week, the game is just like a lot of fun. Um, first of all, like what I noticed is that if you try to play really smart, like if you don't play the conventional way, if you learn that. cap jumping trick and if you get to areas that you think are inaccessible otherwise you will find that the game designers are always one step ahead of you there will be some you know bunch of hidden coins like yellow coins or area coins or a heart or some other thing just lying there some collectible like a power moon as well that's actually really cool so it's like hey you know here's the school feature in the game if you choose to exploit it we'll reward you yeah oh you did choose to exploit it here's a coin for your troubles yeah go forth and exploit and also the way they've done the whole in game shop thing is just really good that's how all uh, like ea can learn from this seriously like you just go around explore and you earn these coins and when you like after working so hard you earn these coins you come back to the shop you can spend them directly and get outfits and everything is reasonably priced like five area coins will get you something like a hat and 15 coins will get you a full outfit so mm. i really like that and i also enjoyed the fact that you know like each world is so different from the previous one like mike i'm sure you must have seen that uh, you know when once you like leave the desert kingdom and then you go to the lake kingdom or the wooded kingdom the experience just changes entirely yeah yeah the first few legit feel like tutorial kingdoms in fact the first one actually is one but uh, i'd say what the game is it like actually opens up completely once you reach like new dong city which is metro kingdom which is the one they've been showing off or uh, even the theme song jump up superstar they have a yeah. video for that so they're musical yeah so i'd say that's when the game starts and it's massive like uh i think i've crossed 40 hours in it uh, it took me like 25 hours to just finish the main story and uh, there's just like i've probably done 20% completion for going for 100% there's just way too much there to do there's like a ton of new stuff which just shows up in each kingdom after you finish the game and all there's a lot of post game stuff mm. so yeah and It's also really there's good. some secret kingdoms which just show up randomly like i i believe there was one i forgot the name of that but there was one it in which it might be like, a spoiler so we'd better not say it yeah well so i reached one of it's them it's a mario game what spoilers you have like an ice world you have a sand world you have now a metro city and you have a bunch of other places so okay metro okay, city i know right but what what's interesting is their approach to uh, is a, it's is there what i really understood here is like i like their approach to their in game economy it seems yeah. to be an economy of excess and that's something which more games can benefit from where if you show people a lot of love to begin with they'll have more reason to come back so yeah, yeah. so uh, overall i'm pretty pleased with the way the game has panned out like it's i mean you might think that is just another platformer but the way they've implemented it there's so much complexity in these mechanics like you can actually learn how to use the cap properly to jump further to possess enemies and to control them better 
In fact, there are some situations where you need to learn like more precise jumping and the techniques to jump further because you won't be able to access some areas without yeah. that. So, like for the people who put in time, they've the like he said, the developers have already thought a step ahead and they plan for everything. Yeah. So yeah, this is really good. Yeah, and it's so much fun when you see this like tiny nook and cranny somewhere, which looks like it could be an opening, and you then you go there, and then you realize that oh, okay, this is like you have to crouch and get in there, and there are like six coins there, um, area coins uh, lying in wait for you. And also, yeah, uh, special mention for all the two D levels which just randomly pop up in between. So the game goes from three D. Suddenly you go enter into a pipe, and then you are back to like old Mario games. And they also have uh, like chip tune or retro versions music, of the yeah. music which is playing in that. area so very nice touch and in general the way they've implemented music is just beautiful like uh, particularly i noticed this i mean obviously from when going from 3d to 2d but even otherwise if you look at it like you leave one area and you enter the next area like in the same kingdom itself if for example like uh, let's talk about the lake kingdom so if you go inside that uh, bubble sphere thing in there underwater so the music changes the moment you step out there's a different uh, music waiting for you and like it just subtly transitions into the other one from the first one and the like this this bubble water thing it actually when you jump into it it the hd rumble makes it feel like it's yeah. soda yeah or like so like really nicely done yeah. so far overall yeah so many nice touches and like uh, i believe mike you were the one who said on this podcast that there were rumors about um, the super mario odyssey game being complete at launch when uh, yeah, yeah, switch of, launched in a march lot of, uh, uh insiders and other people have said that uh, they've had this ready for a while i think they've just been optimizing it since then because at e3 when they showed it off uh, it was running at uh, 720p in uh, docked mode and now it's like 900 ish it's still variable but it's like almost locked 60 there's just two areas in the game where performance takes a hit quite a bit but uh, yeah they've optimized it quite a bit since launch because on handheld it's like 720 variable earlier it was like much lower it's just like how splatoon or splatoon 2 sorry it improved a lot when it released as opposed to its initial showing Both yeah. visually, so yeah. Yeah, so over here it just seems that they've spent some six months, uh, like just play testing it and optimizing it as much as possible. The level of polish is just frankly incredible. I think this is the best game I've played this year easily. Because you haven't played Persona Five or Yakuza Zero. Ah, sure. And, and I haven't played Super, Super Mario Odyssey. Odyssey yeah, so yeah, there so, we go. Yeah. And I've played all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> no life confirmed. Yeah, but how does it feel, man? Mike having like three ten on ten games in the same year. There've been more than three, but yeah, like it. Two thousand. I still think two thousand seventeen, like quote unquote, this gen's best year. Yeah, so, I mean, two thousand seventeen yeah. is this generation's two thousand seven, uh, which basically two thousand seven had Far Cry Warhead, had the Orange Box, had Assassin's Creed for the first time, had Mass Effect, had way too many good games. Yeah, criminally, criminal number. Yeah, I'm already not looking forward to next year. Let's just pause here and die right now. Now, now. <laughs> But then, how will you able to be play the? How will you be able to play the next bunch of Nintendo Switch games that gets announced soon enough? Yeah, and how, how will, will you I play Pokemon Switch? I <laughs> don't really care about that because Pika, there's a Pika. better game everyone should play right now. It's called Doom on Switch. And uh, next year, you know, EA is gonna do a bunch of better microtransactions. So I really gotta live for that. Yeah, don't so I? the microtransaction simulator. Yeah. <laughs> right then, Mike, what have you been playing? Uh, mostly Doom on Switch. Already played it on Xbox and PS4. A uh, Switch version, obviously, like quite a downgrade visually. A uh, performance is 30 FPS, but like, damn, they've done a fantastic job with the port. Plays really well. Only problem is, uh, they remove Snap Map, which is a thing which let you create your own custom levels and share them and stuff. They remove that completely. I thought that would have worked really well with a touch interface, so that was a little disappointing. But uh, otherwise, having arcade mode, which lets you uh, jump into any area of the game, they've recreated those as levels. 
and they have arcade like scores popping up when you like kill demons and stuff like that uh, and it lets you customize your loadout and all basically it's worth it just for this if you've already played it before because it's like portable doom uh works really well multiplayer uh the netcode was a little erratic pre-launch uh it seems to be better but there's still some issues of teleportation but honestly didn't expect much from nintendo's online uh for their first game so you know them. what i'm actually surprised that a game like doom has come to the switch because so far the switch has this family friendly image associated with it right yeah that's most, most of, of the them, games yeah. that that have launched have yeah, been like that most of it has been nintendo stuff and they yeah. usually make this i mean uh Uh, I think we've seen the first proper like teen rated games with Fire Emblem Warriors and like upcoming Xenoblade but uh, Skyrim LA Noire and Doom are all like Peggy 18 or mature games and they're all coming out within 10 days of each other on the Switch. In fact as of this recording LA Noire should be available in stores uh which needs a 14 GB download for some reason but we'll get to that in another episode. But uh, yeah Doom uh is really good like replayed most of the campaign but like just got it for arcade mode like having a lot of fun over there and uh, i hope they manage improving some of the frame pacing issues because uh, in the campaign mode it makes a difference in arcade mode like it doesn't really bother me much because for whatever reason but yeah like really good having portable proper doom this is probably the first time since gba where there's been a portable proper doom like uh, i'm not counting the ios port because uh, it's not available in india for some reason so yeah hmm okay rishi Well, I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 single player campaign or uh-huh. have you been buying things in game no single player and i mean i had my share of multiplayer during the beta and yeah but then the single player seems fun and it's just ruined by many uh, it has some element of randomness that i don't like you can choose your loadout performance which is nice and all but i don't know you can only choose certain sets and not others probably not to break the game balance but that's a little annoying it doesn't feel as empowering as it should be the story is interesting though i like what they're doing it doing you play as a as an imperial commander and it's got some interesting things going for it no spoil not too many spo- don't want to spoil much but yeah it seems to be a good campaign it's just that uh, it's wrapped around a bucket of negativity at this stage um that aside i've been playing uh, a lot of uh, halo 5 because uh on the one x simply one obviously to check it out and two because the warzone mode is probably the best thing ever it's, uh, so the warzone is a mix lets you play off against a mix of human and ai opponents and uh, they have now and uh, it, as you keep playing you can use uh, uh you can summon super weapons you can summon ve- um, crazy vehicles you can summon tanks you can summon mechs it's it's pretty cool uh so they they introduce something called uh, warzone firefight which is basically you and for you and five other people or four other people against the uh, the AI and it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to play it's super competitive uh it's super con- and the thing is it's really nice because uh when you log in to play Warzone you you get uh, you get these things called records that let you access or summon the aforementioned mechs and tanks and uh so so that's really nice because it keeps giving you stuff it keeps giving you a reason to come back and i mean i think i'm like i've spent almost close to 60 50 60 Yeah, around 60 hours in Halo 5 and I haven't spent anything in terms of microtransactions. You can buy the rec packs but I've never felt the need to simply because it's quite generous with the, with the system. And if they if at all if I want to spend on anything, they actually have voice packs as well that lets you change the announcer voices, which is really cool as well. I think it's one of the few games that have done uh microtransactions fairly and I appreciate that. So yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. That's been good and the gunplay is epic. It's Halo. So Yeah, just been playing. Yeah, and Rishi's also been playing a game which we can't talk about right now. So that's a cliffhanger right there for you. Yeah, there are a lot of games I can't talk about right now, but you yeah. might see them tomorrow on the site. 
or you might see them next week on the podcast you never know right then so that's all we have for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always if you have any questions comments or feedback you can write to us at podcast at gadgets360.com you can follow us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram at gadgets360 the music for this podcast comes via magnus solai paulson whose album pppppp is where the tracks are from thank you so much for listening <laughs>